Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today we've got a very random episode for you. We're talking about a bunch of short Alice in Wonderland cartoons and a couple of Muppet things. So back in 2017, when I was doing Wonderland Wednesday all the time, I made a lot of short reviews about a bunch of short subjects, because I hadn't really thought about doing a podcast at that point. So today, I thought I'd go back to some of those original reviews and put together an episode out of five of them that I did with my cousins Sarah and Shayna, and one I did on my own. So we'll start with the earliest two, when I reviewed Betty Boop's Betty in Blunderland, followed immediately by Sarah and my review of the Mickey Mouse cartoon Through the Mirror. Then we'll move on to three reviews that Sarah, Shayna, and I did, talking about a Three Stooges cartoon, a Sesame Street short, and an episode of The Muppet Show. These are going to be a mix of using the original episodes of Wonderland Wednesday as they were originally created, as well as re-editing extended versions, depending on if I thought we had anything worth editing back in. Like the night we recorded the Three Stooges and Sesame Street episodes, it was super late, and I think we had a few sleep-deprived bloopers happen that I thought were worth preserving in the podcast. I should mention too, at the end of Mickey Through the Mirror, when we teased the next episode, a review of Hello Kitty in Wonderland, I re-released that episode as an extended, full-length podcast episode last year, so if you missed it, you can check that out after this episode. And at the end of the Muppet episode, we teased doing another Through the Looking Glass episode soon, so I'm just going to make that the next episode after this one. We also talked about having Shayna back, which I think was referring to the Sesame Street and Three Stooges episodes, since the Muppet episode technically was released first. I just wanted it to be the final segment of this podcast, because it's the longest and the best one. But it's still true that I want to have her back in the future. She hasn't joined me for one of these since before I even turned the show into a podcast, so I want to try and make that happen again at some point, if our schedules can ever line up again. Anyway, I think that's all for now. Let's go back in time and talk about some cartoons we watched in 2017. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. Today I'm on my own, for now. I'm going to be releasing two videos. Um, the first one we're going to do is Betty in Blunderland, which Sarah did not like, so I'm going to review that myself. And then later on I'll put out a second video. We watched Mickey Through the Mirror, and Sarah really liked that one, so we reviewed that one together. But this one, Sarah was not a fan of. She's not a fan of Betty Boop to begin with. This is very early 30s animation. I mean, if you like that era in animation, there's a lot of great stuff here because there's some great animation in this cartoon. Everything is very fluid. There's a lot of morphing that was really well animated, but it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And Sarah was not, not a fan of a lot of it. It's not the greatest adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. It's Betty is playing with a puzzle, and she puts together the white rabbit, which comes out of the puzzle, and she follows it through the mirror and finds herself in Wonderland, and then from there it's basically she just goes through meeting all the different characters at one point. She's pulling them all out of a hat for some reason. Sarah also wanted me to, to make sure to mention the Duchess, who for some reason had feet that morphed into barking dog heads, and Sarah seemed mildly disturbed by that and wanted me to make sure and tell you how weird it was because it was weird. Towards the end of the cartoon, for some reason the Jabberwocky comes out of the hat, kidnaps Betty, and leads all of the characters on a chase through the land and off of a cliff for some reason. <laughs> really, it makes no sense. After the Jabberwocky has been chased to the cliff and all of the characters have fallen off the cliff, they rain down on the ground 
and Betty finds herself back in her own home and all turn back into the puzzle pieces that Betty had been playing with and that's basically the end. It was just a really strange cartoon. Like I said, if you like that era in animation, it's a great little cartoon. But if you're looking for a faithful Alice in Wonderland adaptation, this is not the cartoon for you. It's just a very strange cartoon with strange things happening, and most of it doesn't make very much sense. So that's all for now. I will be back later today with another episode with Sarah watching Mickey Through the Mirror. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you then. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. We're going to do like a double feature today. This is the second video. I already did Betty Boop, Betty in Blunderland, which Sarah was not a fan of. So I did that myself. But we watched another short from that same era, Mickey Through the Mirror. And we liked it a lot better than Betty in Blunderland. Definitely. However, it really had very little to do with Alice in Wonderland. Very, very It was, well. like, inspired by Alice yeah, in Wonderland. Betty actually had more to do with Alice in Wonderland <laughs> than Mickey did. That's true. Basically, it was Mickey. He was asleep in his bed. He had Alice in Wonderland, or maybe it was through the looking glass. It was actually through the looking glass, I believe. He had the book. It had fallen onto his chest. He'd been reading in bed. Which I appreciate that they differentiated and, mm -hmm. and had that, yeah. But then I think they were inspired by the 1915 silent version because he had an out-of-body experience, too. But this one wasn't disturbing like mm -hmm. the other one. It was just kind of cute. Yeah. And then he climbed up and crawled through the mirror on his mantelpiece. And then basically from there he went on to have like a dance party with, <laughs> with all the different inanimate objects that were suddenly alive in the mirror universe. There was an umbrella, there was a telephone. Well, I don't know if he danced with the umbrella. The umbrella got upset with him and just That's sort of true. went off in a huff. He seemed to tick off a lot of the inanimate objects by his very presence. There. So that's kind of true to <laughs> the book. Yeah. Um, this is the thing about this clip. You are going to love this if you are a 30s fanatic. I could watch it just watch it again just to try and look at the home decor more <laughs> um oddly enough mickey has pink ruffled curtains in his bedroom he was a sensitive mouse apparently <laughs> little... maybe minnie came over oh and yes <laughs> yes and because he's such a good guy he didn't want to rain on her parade um and a little ruffled lamp on his bed. I think ruffled lampshades must have been a thing at this time because even the one on the other side of the mirror had a little ruffle on the edge. Mm -hmm. And very cool vintage phone, which wouldn't have been vintage at the time probably, featuring prominently in it. He's actually skipping rope on the cord and you have all the little voices that uh, fit in with the time. It's just so stinking 30s. And it's really cute. The little faces that they put on the chair. The uh, little dog is a footstool. And I was wondering if maybe that was the inspiration yeah, for the footstool in Beauty and the Beast. Because it, it bore a lot of it similarities. It seemed too close to be a coincidence. One of the things that struck my mind was 
the sewing basket because they find a way to play with the sewing basket and incorporate, like he has Thimble as helmet and he ends up uh, sort of escaping or falling out or something in a sock that needed to be mended. And you know, it's not something you're gonna see in every household today, but back then they would have been being frugal that way. And it's, it's just an interesting little time capsule there. It was very much a play on the time because at some point Mickey also has a little top hat and there is a big top hat and he has a match as a walking stick and he's dancing around like Fred Astaire. This is 1936 so this would have been at a time when Fred Astaire would have been fresh and big and it was a very strong parody. They don't say it but you really get the vibe if you're familiar with she had Red. me. She had me go back and watch a bunch of clips, and I could instantly tell that's what Mickey was parodying. This was the '30s. It was tap dance mania, so they took something familiar and they incorporated little nods to the time and just made it cute and cheerful, not weird or disturbing or mm-hmm. kind of racy like Betty, because Betty. Yeah, I could ramble. <laughs> he dances with the queen among other objects and the queen seems really chipper and you know she's just kind of a jazzy sister who's happy to be dancing with mickey and then the joker's like hey king your wife's you know getting zoned in on by the mouse here and so the king goes and has a sword fight with mickey which is also a part where the sewing kit comes into play because there's a little button and the needle poking through so it looks like a sword and they have a little Duel. The radio, I think, is calling calling all cards, and mm-hmm. the phone's probably ringing because you have it where Mickey comes out of the mirror and his alarm is going off in the bedroom, so it's like it's supposed to be playing into the dream, and he hops back into his body. Mickey wakes up and shoves the alarm back into the drawer and just happily goes back, you know, for more sleep. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yep, that's about it. It was not really a faithful Alice in Wonderland adaptation, no. but it didn't really matter. We was, liked it anyway. It was just cute, and if you're trying to, you know, maybe studying the 30s a little bit or wanting to get a feel for the times, that would be it. Would, could be a little companion to give you a feel because it really it incorporates um, the dancing Mickey Mouse, which obviously he's still big, but he would have been mm-hmm. newer back then and uh, yeah it was interesting well i think that's all for today's episode next week sarah is back and also her sister shana sarah and i watched hello kitty in wonderland because shana is a hello kitty fan and we all reviewed that together so we'll see you next time Bye. bye Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. Today we're going to be doing another two-episode day. We found a couple of little three-minute or so long shorts, and we're going to do both of them. The first one will be one called Curly in Wonderland, which is from the series of Three Stooges cartoons. An instant classic. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, thankfully it was mercifully short at only <laughs> three, three some minutes. Um, this one I would say don't waste your time with it unless you are a diehard Three Stooges fan, which none of us are. I've I don't know how much I've seen of the Three Stooges at all, and Shayna has seen some and is not a fan. I, I had, my family had a DVD of live action ones, which my brothers really liked. I didn't really care for it that much, but I didn't watch it that much, so I can't say that I'm a fan. This one was, I don't know how similar it was to the live action or not, it was random and weird, and it took scenes from Alice in Wonderland, but it put a weird slapstick, semi-violent twist on them. <laughs> Even, uh, even the bottle was made to look like one of the three of them, the, uh -huh. the Drink Me bottle, which didn't say Drink Me, it said Drinky Poo. <laughs> <laughs> dignity, always dignity. Um, <laughs> what a sad story. Boo-hoo. Here, drink this and you'll feel better. Bye. What a strange crying rabbit. He looked familiar. Well, just don't lie there, you tubby tubby lord. Hurry up and drink me. Okay, okay, don't get pushy. Go. <laughs> yeah, it was just very strange and... Riddled with insults, but I just... It's very Three Stooges. That's the way they operate. Mm-hmm. I would say don't waste your time with it. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement. Unless you're a major Three Stooges fan, then I guess go for it. Well, that's our take on the Three Stooges in Alice in Wonderland. The next one we're going to be doing is a Sesame Street skit. Um, I don't know exactly how much it has to do with Alice in Wonderland because it's with Kermit the Frog doing his reporting on Sesame Street shtick. So we haven't watched it yet. We'll watch it and we'll get back to you in the next video. We'll see you then. Bye. Take you now to Kermit the Frog with another fast-breaking news story. Yeah, well, well, where's the white rabbit? Late again, huh? Well, we'll just probably have to start without him. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the second part of our two-part special. <laughs> I'm happy to report that this one was far superior to Curly in Wonderland. <laughs> it probably wouldn't take much, but it was. <laughs> Yes. I'm a Kermit the Fan Frog, and it was really cute. <laughs> Kermit the Fan Frog? Did I say that? Yes. Keep that for bloopers. Yes, I will. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I'm a Kermit the Frog. <laughs> say it for him. Kermit the Frog fan. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know what I said wrong the first time. Kermit the Fan Frog. <laughs> Uh, I need a nap. We'll do this later. <laughs> Take it away. Maybe I should just keep this as the video. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want to say anything, Shayna? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> tickled right away at the beginning when you had Kermit the Frog interviewing Alice and she was little and he was asking her what her next, next adventure was going to be. Well, uh, tell me Alice, what is your next amazing adventure going to be? 
Well, I'll tell you, Kerm. Mm -hmm. I have this little bottle of water that little says bottle. drink me. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, going to drink it. You are. Is that it, yep. huh? Drinking the water. Okay, well, it's probably going to be pretty exciting, uh, won't it, folks? Uh, here she's going to drink the water, and, uh, and then what's going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. Uh-huh. It was basically the scene at, towards the beginning of Alice in Wonderland where she's... She has already eaten the cake and she's going to drink the drink and ends up getting really big, except Kermit was in the middle of all this interviewing her. That's basically the only scene it was, but the back and forth between the two was pretty cute. Anyway, I got a kick out of it when she wouldn't stop drinking the drink. She said thought it was curiously refreshing and wouldn't stop. She also sounded like a middle-aged woman, but <laughs> this is Sesame Street. I'll let them have that one. It, she probably was a middle-aged woman. One of the things that I liked was that she kept calling him Kerm. <laughs> Me too. It made it more modern. And, uh, what did she sound like? She was from Brooklyn, or? I don't know. I don't know. I liked her voice anyway. I'm not sure of the exact year that this was made, but this is from probably the earlier days Sesame Street before the 90s. It was probably 70s or 80s because Kermit the Frog was still part of the show and it had the classic Henson charm to it. But she just kept getting bigger and bigger and then it was a strain to keep doing the interview and they parted ways and then Kermit... Hi. <laughs> they parted ways and then Kermit found a cupcake and decided to take a bite, and then his clothes ended up... <laughs> Kermit found a cupcake and decided to take a bite, and then his clothes ended up being kind of like a tent around him, and he didn't know how he was going to explain it back at the office. And that was pretty much it. It was cute. Mm -hmm. As Alice rather quietly walked away for a giant. This whole she sort of shuffled. Pardon me. This whole short is available on Sesame Street's YouTube channel, so I'll have a link in the description if you'd like to watch it yourself. I'm not really planning on linking to the Curly in Wonderland short because it's not worth watching. You don't need to find it. <laughs> is that all we have to say? I think so. Okay. I think that's all for today. We haven't decided what we're going to watch next. I have another one I want to watch with Shayna, and Sarah and I are planning on watching a couple more. We don't know what order we're doing it in, so I guess next week will be a surprise. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. I'm back today with Shayna and Sarah, and we're talking about the Muppets version of Alice in Wonderland, which was not really a direct adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, more like a series of spoof sketches that were part of an episode of The Muppet Show back in 1980. They didn't even have the whole story in any semblance of order, so I think we're just going to talk about what amused us instead of trying to go through the story like we usually do. Well, first off, the rabbit. 
usually seems to be a little more absent-minded and just hop along and distracted and fairly nice from what I've seen in other adaptations but in this one he was actually kind of mean and rude and just where's my hole where's my hole and he's like oh there it is boing and that set me off that really set her off <laughs> that was basically the first scene and then there was a whole song as they fell down the rabbit hole and it was sort of like all the characters from Wonderland were sort of following with her along with a lot of other weird things I appreciated the talking marmalade <laughs> yes oh. <laughs> <laughs> the marmalade sort of looked like it had Ernie's face on it <laughs> I think the best part of the song was where they said who might we meet? Oh, Captain Hook. Because <laughs> it's basically not they, a, a it was, true to the book. And that was apparent because Fozzie was running around backstage dressed as the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, wondering when his scene was. <laughs> After she gets to Wonderland, uh, one of the first scenes is with the Caterpillar, who is played by Floyd, who the Caterpillar is of course smoking a hookah and Floyd is sort of a stoned hippie so <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of the perfect choice to play the caterpillar <laughs> and that started off a series of shrinking and growing by Alice and Alice is shrinking and growing not just in the story but she's like running around backstage gigantic and then she's lost tiny and there's a whole bit of the episode dedicated to trying to find her and moving on without her. They have, they end up having the end in the middle of it, and they have the whole trial without Alice. <laughs> and instead, Marvin Suggs is there, and he's pounding everybody on the head with his mallet. <laughs> I, think, I don't know what that was supposed to represent in the story. It was just completely random and ridiculous. And don't forget Humpty Dumpty. Yes, Humpty Dumpty was in this as well, because they couldn't find Alice, so they just put Humpty Dumpty on, singing a ridiculous song, and... Filled with puns. It w I was thinking to myself, as he was singing, is this supposed to be funny? And none of us were laughing. The song was mercifully short, and ended with him falling off the wall, and the, all the king's horses and men came along, and trampled him to death. And the horse looked at the camera like, he was very, I did a good job, he didn't was I? Very pleased with himself. His teeth were kind of cute. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was hilarious. <laughs> Another thing I appreciated was the inclusion of the Jabberwocky scene, and Sarah really liked this scene as well because one of the creatures, what was, I can't think of the creature's name, do you remember? They might be the Momraths. Either way, they're the badger-like creatures with the corkscrew noses, and they did a wonderful job making Muppets of those creatures. Mm -hmm. I recognized them right away, and that was one of my favorite things about this adaptation. <laughs> yes, adaptation. If not Muppets. my favorite thing. Definitely favorite character out of the book that they put in there and I thought that they that Muppets were kind of made for that scene I'm glad they included mm -hmm. it they did a good job 
I really liked the Jabberwocky puppet too. It was very close to the illustration in the book, except less creepy and more goofy. They purposefully <laughs> made it less creepy. Like, it didn't actually die. It's still talking while it's decapitated, and it wants to just get its body and go home. <laughs> and they made another terrible pun. You should quit while you're ahead. <laughs> it was extremely punny. Mm -hmm. Definitely the punniest version we've ever seen. I don't know if any of the other versions really are honey outside of whatever I, he has in the book. Yeah. Not that we've seen so far. I don't know, somebody loved puns. <laughs> the Muppets are kind of known for their terrible jokes sometimes, especially Fozzie. I love it. I can relate to this. <laughs> the other thing that might be noted is that they kept they injected songs that had nothing to do with Alice mm -hmm. in Wonderland. There was this whole medley of it like jazz era happy songs and they were all sung by dr teeth who was portraying the cheshire cat he was kind of perfect for the okay. cheshire cat because he has a big toothy grin himself but they had a whole group sing thing going on yeah he was leading it but i think a whole bunch of other muppets were all gathered around singing with him <laughs> <laughs> miss piggy of course wants to be the star of everything and she insisted on being alice but of course, Alice was already cast. They had a young Brooke Shields as Alice. Um, they actually said that she was the youngest guest star that they'd had so far. I think she was only like 15. Yep. And <laughs> Miss Piggy was quite upset that she wasn't going to be the star, but she agreed to be the queen because she felt that she could portray royalty. Of course, she was mad that she only gets one line, and she ends up <laughs> trying to get rid of Alice in various ways. What was the first one? Well, she was just sorry that she hadn't been taken out by the fall. Oh, yes. It's like pity. Alice, of course, <laughs> fell down the hole, and Miss Piggy thought that since she had fallen, that would mean that she could take over the role, and when she found out that she was fine, she was like, pity. <laughs> Piggy, that's the wrong costume! Why are you dressed like Alice? I heard she fell. She did, but now she's all right. Pity. In the final scene, we, we end up at the Mad Tea Party, which, of course, the, they have to end the Muppets episode with the most crazy scene. You have a lot of actual lines from the book, but all in ridiculous ways. One of the chickens is portraying the Dormouse for some reason, but Rizzo the Rat is still in another teapot. <laughs> I don't know why. He had a good costume. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one of the funniest parts was Statler and Waldorf. The two old men from the balcony kept come dancing in his Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> that, that was really funny. At the very end of the episode, they all go out <laughs> singing the wonderful wizard of oz yeah they all they all end up singing the wonderful wizard of oz apparently spurred on by fozzy dressed up as the tin man it was the perfect way for the muppets to end this ridiculous episode <laughs> singing the wrong song from the wrong story <laughs> and one thing that we found really hilarious was that after the credits had rolled they had Statler and Waldorf commenting that Lewis Carroll was rolling in his grave. <laughs> yes. Pretty much distorted in the most hilarious random way. 
Well, I think that's all for today. Um, I think Sarah and I are planning to watch another version of Through the Looking Glass next time. And we have a few more that we want to watch with Shayna, so you'll see her back eventually as well. We'll see you next time. Bye. What's that noise? I think it's Lewis Carroll turning over in his grave. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the Every Version Ever YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.